0: Hallelujah. I welcome you to another episode of Fresh Manner Minister Digest. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to study and to listen to your word. We ask that you open up our eyes and give us insight to the true meaning of your word contained in the Gospel of John, especially in chapter 1 through to 4. Even as I preach your word this morning, we ask that you give us clarity and also inspire our hearts to obey and to carry out what is contained therein. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. This morning, by the special grace of God, I will be preaching from John chapter 2 and chapter 4. Remember in our introduction, i said i'm going to be dealing with the signs because i swear most of the time we make the error of dwelling in the scene and not bring the message of the acts as john said to us they are signs so they are pointing out to something they are pointing to something very important which and i will actually skip um, chapter one and then i will dwell on chapter two see a little in chapter three then i will talk on the sign in chapter four and because we've been doing this for the past three weeks so i'm not going to be reading much from john this morning but from um, the surrounding passage and especially in isaiah 25 i'm going to be reading from verse 6 to 9 but with the topic this morning the true bridegroom of the believers the true bridegroom of the believers I read Isaiah 25, 6-9, listening to how he reads. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The true bridegroom provides well refined wine, gives and restore life. The true bridegroom provides well refined wine, gives and restore life. I want you to understand that it is the responsibility of the bridegroom in every wedding feast to provide rich food, um, good drinks, to the people who attend this occasion. But th- this is just a celebration, this is just a feast. But to the bride, what he does is that beforehand, he provides good clothing that should be well-dressed on that day, you know, and when the actual, actual day comes, uh, her name is changed, her address is changed, and he stands to defend her. And this is the picture we're seeing in Isaiah 25 that is portrayed in John chapter 4. And we're going to see um, his pass fulfillment in Revelation 19, 7-9, and also in chapter 21, 2-7. I need us to understand that the Old Testament... Is the background upon which the new testament is built upon so most of the things we see in the gospel are things to point out to us the prophecy that has been prophesied uh, most of the time about jesus and how jesus has carefully fulfilled those prophecy and this morning uh, the way of uh, enlightening us more and even introducing is to understand that every prophecy In the Old Testament has what we call the three mountain top fulfillment. That means uh, what it means to them at that time, the the, the first recipient, what it means to us today uh, since Jesus has come and has fulfilled part of those prophecies and what it will mean to all of us in the end of this, both Jewish uh, and, and Christian believers. So that's exactly what um, uh, John, uh, sorry, Isaiah twenty-five uh, is showing to us today. And when you go back to John chapter two, you discover that there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and then they they ran out of wine. And when they came to Jesus, something happened. And Jesus actually, even though he said his hour has not yet come, but he went ahead and he turned water into wine. Now, my first point, John 2 7 to 11. Jesus provides the best and well-refined wine as a true bridegroom. Jesus provides the best and well-refined wine as a true bridegroom. John 2 7 to 11. Listen to how it reads. Jesus said to the servant, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out, and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it, when the master of the feast tested the water now become wine, and they don't know where it came from, though the servant who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serve the good wine first. And when people had drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Canaan in Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. You see, this is the first fulfillment of Isaiah 25, verse 6, downward, where we read, It is the responsibility of the bridegroom to provide food for the feast, and that's why the master of the ceremony did not speak to anyone, but he went straight to the bridegroom and he spoke to him. And he said, You have kept the best wine until now. What are you doing? People usually bring the best wine, and when people are freely drunk, and then they bring the poor wine. But this is Jesus stepping in to give us a picture of what He has promised His people. And then for the Israel, many people may not understand at this point, but the disciples understood, and you could see the purpose of the gospel being played in this place. The Bible said in verse eleven, and he manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him so this is the second mountaintop where jesus fulfilling that part and it's giving us the greater picture of what we're going to be seeing later in revelation and i move to my second point because of time jesus cleansed the temple and gave her new identity Jesus cleansed the temple and gave her new identity. John 2, 13 to 23 is a long reading. We well, have read that before, but what do we see? We saw Jesus cleaning the temple, overturning everything that is not needful, just like the bridegroom, you know, removing the old way of the bride, giving her new dress, and decking her with all the ornament that she needs so that she could appear very beautiful on the feast. And you remember... We are the temple of the living God. So, Jesus actually did that. He cleansed the temple, but also he gave her a new name. He gave her a new identity. Why? Because the temple now, by implication, when Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it again. The temple has changed identity like the bride you know by implication when the pronouncement is made the bride's name changes her address at that point changes from her father's home to the bridegroom's home address that is exactly what we're seeing here so what is the implication for believers the moment we come into jesus our identity change our address our destination change changes the veil is removed. Whatever has been covering or has been a reproach to us as believers, just like the bride has been removed and now we have new destination. My third point, believers in Christ receive new an eternal life they receive a new and eternal life we can see that actually in chapter 3 the long discourse between nicodemus and jesus and jesus promising of eternal life to them that believe in, in his name to them that receive him uh, he gave them eternal life he gave them new identity we can see that in John chapter three verse sixteen, let me just read a little bit downward. John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whosoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Holy Son of God. Praise the Lord. And that is exactly what God has come to do for us in Christ Jesus. He wants to save us from that condemnation. He wants to give us life. Not just life in this world, but life eternal. And, and, and he wants us to have it in abundance. And that's what exactly every true bridegroom does to his bride. When the bride comes to the house of the bridegroom, everything should change. You have the fullness of life that she has missed in the past. And you, you see that clearly. In my next point, see how Jesus offers a better relationship, and and that's my fourth point, Jesus offers better relationship to the woman of Samaritan, I put in bracket, despite her sinful nature, despite her sinful life, and that's what the the bridegroom does, you know, when the woman comes into the house of the bridegroom, what he does is that he tries his best to give her a better relationship from the past relationship that she has had, this woman had had four husbands, and even the one who is living with her, he is not a husband. And Jesus said that I do my acknowledge. And when Jesus offered to give her something different, she she, she happily received that. Uh, the Bible says she dropped her jar, she ran to the town, and said, "Come and see someone who told told me everything I've ever done." And the people came. They believed in her and listened to what the Bible says in John four forty three. Let me read from 42 they said to the woman it is no longer because of what you said that we believe for we have heard for ourselves and we know that it is indeed the savior of the world after the two days he departed from galilee now what does this say to us jesus takes us the way we are. This woman is sinful. He does not despise her. He did not condemn her like what we do today, but he happily walked up to her. Even his disciples could not explain why will Jesus speak to a woman, but Jesus happily spoke to her because that is what he came to do he he comes to give us water that runs into a everlasting life which is the holy spirit but not just the woman even the samaritan understand this is happening in in in, Sam, in samaria where there's this kind of r- r- racial rift between the jewish and the samaria samaritans but jesus showing to us it is whosoever believes in him whosoever comes to him will have this eternal life whosoever believe in his name and this is what exists exactly what the people of the Samaritan did they believed not just because of what the woman said but because of what they had Jesus himself said and my last point as we pray Jesus restore life Jesus restore life we said that during the exposition you see that in John chapter 4 verse 46 to 55 when this man came the son was dying his son was actually dying but when jesus speaks verse 50 jesus said to him go your son lives the man believed the word that jesus spoke to him and went on his way and of course when he came to his house he was told that the son has recovered And when you look backward in Isaiah 25, where we read, you discover that one of the things that the promised Messiah will do is that he is going to, let me read verse 7, and he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all people which you have believe that to every man what is covering us is dead the veil that is spread over all nations, and that is what he's been removed from the eyes of nicodemus Nicodemus could not see but the veil was removed he did not respond at that particular time but in the end when jesus died you discover that the eyes of nicodemus were open and and it, it says in verse in verse uh, 8 He will swallow up dead forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken this, and this is what exactly Jesus did, giving a picture of his assignment. He can restore life. And the people who were around were so happy to see that the power that comes from the spoken word of Jesus actually gives life. Let me give us a a little picture of what John the Beloved himself recorded in Revelation chapter 21, verse 2 to 7. Permit me to read Revelation 21, 2 to 7. And I saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down out of heaven from god prepare as a bride at dawn for her husband and i heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the dwelling place of god is with man he will dwell with them and they will be his people and god himself will be with them as their god he will wipe away every tear from their eyes I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. Let me stop here. This is exactly what happened in the gospel of John. This woman who was thirsty, who was sick and tired of coming to the stream every day, she asked for this water and Jesus gave her the water that runs into eternal life. You see exactly this some similarity similarity, sorry, in Isaiah 20 5 and with what is spoken from john 2 through to 4 and with this uh, revelation you see the true picture being uh, expanded and our eyes being open to the truth of what god wants us what does that mean to us today you what we need to understand is the bible language let me say this today that actually bible words have bible meaning so when the word bridegroom is being used in john it is to give us a picture of what god thinks every believer to be he he wants to adorn Everyone who believes as a bride, for him to be the bridegroom. And we know when many passages that show to us how the bridegroom or the responsibility of the bridegroom, how he takes care of his bride, how he washes her as Christ was the church with the blood. And our responsibility should be to seek to know the true bridegroom and make him known to others, seek to know the true bridegroom and make him known. To order so that we can all partake in this great supper of the feast of the lamb which is to come he has given us a sign he has given us a picture and we need to have hope as we seek to know him the more and also make him known through preaching the clear gospel of what is contained in the word of god in the written word of god thank you for being with us today and thank you for following me with the pace and the speed why because i'm trying to really keep to time but as you go back to study i believe that the holy spirit would open up your eyes to see more from the gospel of john and perhaps next week being a review question and answer i'll be able to see one or two things as we move to chapter five and please if you have any question feel free to drop a voice message. We will type your message and we will be responding to it next week. And the Lord shall continue to bless us through his word in Jesus' name. Thank you Heavenly Father, for what you have done for us. Thank you for the picture you have given to us in John of you being the true bridegroom and of us being the bride. And for the desire that you have for us, to truly make us enjoy in this great feast where everything will be in surplus. Help us, Lord, to continue believing in you and to also preach your other that they may join in this great feast. To the praise and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. See you next week, brother. Excited to welcome you to another episode of Fresh Manor Minister Digest. We're so grateful to God that God has led us through this study, and by the grace of God, tomorrow is Palm Sunday, so we're entering into Passion Week. But as I earlier said to us, that from Palm Sunday through to um, Easter Sunday, we're going to be doing a daily podcast. So I need your prayer because I have so many things We're going to be on journey and in preparation for a program but I truly believe God grant us the grace to do this study together so that we can clearly see the assignment of King Jesus, um, what every day of his last week on earth means and his teachings, his crucifixion, his death and his resurrection, what they actually mean to us. So we stopped at Mark chapter 9 uh, verse 29 last week so we're going to continue from mark chapter 9 from 30 permit me this morning to read mark chapter 9 30 to 41 then we pray as we go into the study for the day mark chapter 9 verse 30 they went on from there and passed through galilee and he did not want anyone to know For on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever received one such child in my name, receive me. And whosoever received me, received not me, but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, but he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon after to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will be by no means lose his reward. May we pray. Thank you Heavenly Father, for your goodness, your kindness towards us. As you continue to open up our eyes to the study and your mission on earth, Even as we see you're thinking the way to the cross, you're on the journey to show to us the greatness of life. Therefore, Lord, help us to understand greatness and what it really matters to us in life. Therefore, as we study today, Lord, open up our eyes to see the key points of what you want us to see as we go out to study. Lord, please show us more. Thank you because you do it for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, um, we studied and we saw clearly seeing Jesus uh, as it is and his mission. We saw the revelation that um, the Holy Spirit through Peter um, made us to begin to see about Jesus, which is the Christ. But then we saw uh, Peter and the other disciples actually not understanding what Christ has come to do after Peter made that big confession, Jesus is the Christ. He began to rebuke him that he may not um, be crucified because he didn't understand. and Jesus sharply rebuked him saying, this is satanic, you know for you not to uh, understand the mission of the the king. you know and he's, he clearly said that and this is being mindful of the things of men. and Jesus rebuked him about that. So today we're going to be seeing the second prediction um, of Jesus about his dead like i said last week some people thought Jesus' death was a coincidence was just an accident was just something that happened without um uh, jesus himself knowing but clearly this section is uh, that that prediction and after each of these the disciples showed that they did not understand what he had come to do uh, namely to save people for the next worldly uh, kingdom and so therefore um Jesus uh, um, corrected them because on the way they were discussing who is going to be the greatness, greatest Sorry, in the kingdom. They were thinking about the this kingdom of this earth, uh, not being mindful of the kingdom of heaven. So like Jesus said, uh, Peter was mindful of the things of men and not of the things of the kingdom. So we're going to be seeing quickly um, greatness. They ask for greatness and what really matters in life. So if you look where we read, actually there are some few things that um Jesus pointed out. Um clearly uh, we 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 saw from Mark chapter 9 from verse 32 that Jesus was actually on a journey. If you look with me, Mark chapter 9, verse 34. But they kept silence for on the way they had argued who is going to be the greatness greatest. And actually, this is not the first time the disciples began to actually Uh, argue about that and also the Bible showed us clearly in Mark chapter 8 verse 27 let me read and Jesus went on with his disciples to the village east of Caesarea Philippi and on the way he asked his disciples so understand that from this section it marks a journey of Jesus towards the cross and now he began to show them that on this journey this is what is going to happen to him when he gets to jerusalem so that he could prepare their heart but we saw that they were arguing on the way who is going to be the greatest but um of course what did jesus said to them um when he called them in verse 35 and um, he said to them if anyone would be first he must be the last of all and servant of all and he took a child and put him and the midst. clearly Jesus was showing to them that if you want to be the first in the, in the kingdom that he's preparing you must be the last and you must be the one serving you must be the servant of all and I think the is showing to us that that's exactly what he did to them though he was the first but among them he was a servant he became the last he was serving them uh, literally you know providing food for them serving among them showing teaching them because they, of course the teacher is a servant he's teaching them the principles of the kingdom. So actually showing to them that this is the way of the kingdom. Somebody says an upside down kingdom. When you win, when you lose you win. When you die you you leave you know and when you lose also you gain so he went forward to show to them the principle of his next kingdom the kingdom that is to come is a principle that men must live a selfless life men today are looking for greatness but they are looking for greatness in the wrong thing why were they arguing about who is going to be the greatness uh the greatest sorry When Jesus was talking about his death and his resurrection, the second time they are missing this, and perhaps because it shows to us the the, the set of their mind. And that's why Jesus has clearly showed to them, if you remember two studies back, it showed to us the, 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 the problem of man and is a problem of the heart and you know that is what he has come to fix our hearts or men's heart are always on the things of this kingdom this earthly kingdom uh, most of the times our hearts are not set on the things of the kingdom that is to come we see even his disciples kept missing that But he showed to them some great things to do concerning the kingdom. From verses 36 to 41, he shows to them that actually greatness comes from belonging to Jesus. Greatness comes from belonging to Jesus. So you see verses 37, verses 41 and verses 42 uh, are all about the same type of person, the disciple of Jesus. Consider worth of someone who is a disciple of Jesus. And um, what does that mean? Whosoever receives the most insignificant disciple receives God Himself. So, showing the the key of being a disciple, you know, and then what even the disciple stands again, and he uses the illustration of the child. Whosoever does the most insignificant act for a disciple receives. A certain reward, you know, he talks about water. I think that giving water is nothing. But he's saying if you give water, he called them a child at that particular time. Um, Whosoever causes even an insignificant disciple to sin would be better off dead. You know, what a great lesson um, that he's pointing to them in this section of the study. And he has shown to us that clearly he is the king, but this uh, king is, is a cross-shaped king, you know, like I've already shown to us clearly what it actually means. So it's all about um, serving other children. is receiving like children. And uh, the, 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 the part in is being served like a child by Jesus himself. And if you look with me on um, Mark chapter 10, 17 to thirty one, one, it sh- shows to us clearly also that uh, no one can save himself. What happened? Uh, also another um, um, picture of um, a rich man who comes actually to ask Jesus. You see the contract. And if you look before that, there is a story of um, a child. Verses verse 13 of chapter 10. laying his hands on them you see he kept talking about children and of course somebody is saying a child uh, is someone who doesn't know what he's doing not really a child is someone who actually is willing to, 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 to receive to believe what an elderly person say to him but most especially this passage is showing to us that a child does not have much to contribute in the family I think that's the major point Jesus is making here because the next passage showed to us a rich young man who comes trying to show that there is something he has to offer. But a child is someone who has nothing to offer. A child is someone who has nothing to contribute. When it comes to family issue. when it comes to the big things of the family, a child has nothing to offer but just to follow. You know, the parent makes a decision and the child does what he follows. So not in the contrast of people say the child doesn't know anything; he's just foolish, and you know. But this is the point. So, he, he verse seventeen down, chapter ten. Let me read that quickly. And as he was sitting. Setting out on his journey, you see that journey again, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God. You know the commandment. And in the head, let me read verses 21. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack wanting, go sell all that you have. And give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. Disheartened by, by this saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. Now, look at the sense in which this man came to Jesus. He came, though, in, in a way of, you can say, in a humble way, because he knelt down. But he called him good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And that was the point, that is the mindset he has there is something to do to inherit. And just trying to show you there is nothing you can do to inherit because actually he kept the commandment. Remember I told us that the commandment actually is not to make us perfect but it's to show us that we are falling short of God's standard and that we need a savior. So Jesus said to him even though he mentioned all these commandments Jesus, the Bible said Jesus loved him. And he, he kept all the do's and the dons of the law but there is something that is lacking which is the problem of his heart. The, the problem in his Heart was the problem of his treasure he loves the things of men he loves the things of this world and that's what jesus is trying to address it that thing that has occupied your heart is what you need to give up so that your heart will be open to receive the kingdom sadly this one who came with the question what must i do to inherit eternal life the bible said he let disheartening because he had great possession, so he preferred the position he knew that there's something that... I mean, there's something he was lacking. He was lacking eternal life. But he left anyway. He left anyway. He left anyway because he had great possession. That is a problem that is in his heart that Jesus has come to fix. And what does that say to us today? Is our heart needs to be fixed by God. And until we open up our heart clearly then and understand we can't save ourselves and daily speaking to jesus we may have a, the great problem you see why because today people talk about being great allowing our glory to be, uh, to, to manifest saying all kinds of things but jesus is saying what matters is greatness in heaven is greatness in the kingdom of god and sinners like us can only be there if god gets us there When we come with a mindset we have nothing to offer, we are weak, we are powerless and our religious activities and observance cannot actually save us. And we need a savior. That is when Jesus can actually come in and to give us this great eternal life. So as I summarize quickly, you know, um these three pictures of how to be great in in, in a, in a cross shaped kingdom is quickly One is serving jesus 's children serving jesus children. children are weak, helpless, needy, have nothing to offer. His followers must learn to serve others rather than that compete. Many times we compete in the church. We try to show how much we're good. Even when it comes to teaching and being, uh, I, I mean, spiritual. I, I wonder where we got that from. People try to show they're more spiritual, they're they, they more knowledgeable, they're they more... Instead of competing, trying to understand who can preach better, who who is this and that. No, what Jesus is saying is his followers must learn to serve. Service must be at the center of what we have come. His followers must beware of strumbling other children sin you know many times we, we cause people to sin by our attitude by the way we react to things and jesus said be careful be careful When he talks about a little one it could be anyone in the church and we need to be careful number two receiving like a child you see that clearly from chapter 10 1 to 16 and the pharisees contrast the children by testing jesus and not receiving the kingdom that Pharisees, the young a man who came is a Pharisee, you know, and that the contrast is shown clearly that the child can get into the kingdom because anyone who comes with that mindset of a child, I have nothing to offer, you know, children just came, all they wanted, not they didn't ask why they just came, you know, anyway. And that's how he wants us to come, to receive the kingdom as a child. So the Pharisee tried to lower down the bar in order to help themselves get in. But Jesus is saying, yes, keep the law, but you can't get in. So even the Pharisee, that person who keeps the law, that Jesus loves him for keeping the law, cannot get in. So the part in being served like a child by Jesus from verses 17 to 21 shows to us that no one is good, even the rich young man. Because that is a picture of the best of man that you can see. Look at him. It. He's a young, rich, young ruler. He came with a heart of humility to man this looks like a very good person but he had no chance so it's not about being good it's not about having good attitude it's not about having good character it's not about character people it's about receiving what jesus christ have done so entering the kingdom is impossible with man but not with god and that was exactly what jesus um, emphasize or show to us that all things So I heard many people preaching uh, this passage you know and we we've made um, um, teams and um the declaration about all things are possible with God that is not what it means it's about coming to the kingdom look at uh, let me read quickly um from verses twenty four and hear what and this disciples did and what jesus said. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them, again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. That is what that means. It's not about your possibility of this thing. Yeah, Jesus can do all things. But that phrase of all things are possible with God. It's about entering the kingdom. It's about man can't do anything to get in because with man, it's not possible. But with God, it is possible. That is what it means, you know. And God will continue to help us understand the important things of what it means. Greatness and what really matters in life. Yes, still require on losing his life. Now. Says so it's about losing our lives now and getting it. Letter verse 28, Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and follow you. Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left. And Jesus mentioned all. So, Jesus, Peter is trying to show we have left everything. So, he's saying, What matters is those who follow Jesus. And Jesus and summarize or elaborate and sorry what it really means when you follow jesus the sacrifice you made now you're going to lose so many things but if you do that for the sake of the kingdom for the sake of the gospel you will receive in hundred in this time and in the world to come the lord will help us as we continue to look up to god Jesus is the cross shaped king and a cross shaped kingdom, a beautiful kingdom to come. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. May we pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks, we give you glory for all you've done for us. And as you continue to open up our eyes as we move into Palm Sunday tomorrow, Lord, help us that we see better and what your word truly means to us as we apply them into our daily life and as we also speak to others about your goodness. To the praise and glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. God continue to help us as we enter into Passion Week, but we enter with the mindset of going on the journey with Jesus, and He will lead us through successfully in Jesus' name, Amen. See you tomorrow. God bless you. Hallelujah. I'm so excited to welcome you to another episode of Fresh Manor Minister Digest. We're so grateful to God that God has led us through this study and by the grace of God, tomorrow is Palm Sunday, so we're entering into Passion Week. But as I earlier said to us that from Palm Sunday through to um, Easter Sunday, we're going to be doing a daily podcast, so I need your prayer because I have so many things we're going to be on journey and in preparation for program. But I truly believe God to grant us the grace to do this study together. So that we can clearly see the sermon of King Jesus on um, what every day of his last week on earth means, and his teachings, his crucifixion, his death, and his resurrection—what they actually means to us. So we stopped at Mark chapter nine, uh, verse. 29 last week so we're going to continue from mark chapter 9 from 30 permit me this morning to read mark chapter 9 30 to 41 then we pray as we go into the study for the day mark chapter 9 verse 30 they went on from there and passed through galilee and he did not want anyone to know For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve. And he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever received one such child in my name, received me. And whosoever received me, received not me, but him who sent me. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, but he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon after to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will be by no means lose his reward. May we pray. Thank you Heavenly Father, for your goodness, your kindness towards us. As you continue to open up our eyes to the story and your mission on earth, Even as we see you're thinking the way to the cross, you're on the journey to show to us the greatness of life. Therefore, Lord, help us to understand greatness and what it really matters to us in life. Therefore, as we study today, Lord, open up our eyes to see the key points of what you want us to see as we go out to study. Lord, please show us more. Thank you because you do it for us in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Last week um, we studied and we saw clearly seeing Jesus uh, as it is and his mission. We saw the revelation that um, the Holy Spirit through Peter um, made us to begin to see about Jesus, which is the Christ. But then we saw uh, Peter and the other disciples actually not understanding what Christ have come to do after Peter made that big confession, Jesus is the Christ. He began to rebuke him that he may not um, be crucified because he didn't understand and Jesus sharply rebuked him saying this is satanic you know for you not to uh, understand the mission of the the king you know and he he clearly said that and this is being mindful of the things of men and Jesus rebuked him about that so today we're going to be seeing the second prediction um, of Jesus about his dead Like I said last week, some people thought Jesus' death was a coincidence, was just an accident, was just something that happened without um, uh, Jesus himself knowing. But clearly, this section is uh, that that prediction. And after each of these, the disciples showed that they did not understand what he had come to do, uh, namely to save people for the next worldly uh, kingdom. and So therefore... um, Jesus uh, um, corrected them because on the way they were discussing who is going to be the greatness, greatest Sorry, in the kingdom. They were thinking about the this kingdom of this earth, uh, not being mindful of the kingdom of heaven. So like Jesus said, uh, Peter was mindful of the things of men and not of the things of the kingdom. So we're going to be seeing quickly um, greatness. They asked for greatness and what really matters in life. So if you look where we read, actually there are some few things that um Jesus pointed out. Um clearly uh, we 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 saw from Mark chapter 9, from verse 32 that Jesus was actually on a journey. If you look with me, Mark chapter 9, verse 34. But they kept silence for on the way they had argued who is going to be the greatness, greatest. And actually, this is not the first time the disciples began to actually uh, argue about that. And also, the Bible showed us clearly in Mark chapter 8, verse 27. Let me read And Jesus went on with his disciples to the village east of Caesarea, Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples. So understand that from this section, it marks a journey of Jesus towards the cross. And now he began to show them that on this journey, this is what is going to happen to him when he gets to Jerusalem so that he could prepare their heart. But we saw that they were arguing on the way who is going to be the greatest. But, um, of course, what did Jesus say to them Um, when he called them verse 35? um, He said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be the last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him on the mist. Clearly, Jesus was showing to them that if you want to be the first in the, in the kingdom that that is preparing, you must be the last and you must be the one serving, you must be the servant of all. And I think the notion is showing to us that that's exactly what he did to them. Though he was the first but among them he was a servant he became the last he was serving them literally you know providing food for them serving among them showing teaching them because of course the teacher is a servant He's teaching them the principle of the kingdom so actually showing to them that this is the way of the kingdom somebody says an upside-down kingdom when you win when you lose you win when you die you 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 leave you know and when you lose also you gain so he went forward to show to them the principle of his next kingdom the kingdom that is to come is a principle that men must live a selfless life men today are looking for greatness but they are looking for greatness in the wrong thing why were they arguing about who is going to be the greatness uh the greatest sorry when jesus was talking about his death and his resurrection the second time they are missing this and perhaps because it shows us the, the, the set of their mind and that's why jesus have clearly showed to them if you remember two studies back it Showed to us the, 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 the problem of man and it's a problem of the heart and you know that is what he has come to fix our hearts or men's heart are always on the things of this kingdom this earthly kingdom um, most of the times our heart are not set on the things of the kingdom that is to come we see even his disciples kept missing that But he showed to them some great things to do concerning the kingdom from verses 36 to 41. He shows to them that actually greatness comes from belonging to Jesus. Greatness comes from belonging to Jesus. So you see verses 37 verses 41 and verses 42 uh, are all about the same type of person, the disciple of Jesus. Consider worth of someone who is a disciple of Jesus. And um, what does that mean? Whosoever receives the most insignificant disciple, receives God himself. So, showing then the, the key of being a disciple, you know, and then what even the disciple stands again. And he uses the illustration of the child. Whosoever does the most insignificant act for a disciple, receives A certain reward, you know, he talks about water. I think that giving water is nothing. But he's saying if you give water, he called them a child at that particular time. Um, Whosoever causes even an insignificant disciple to sin would be better off dead. You know, what a great lesson um, that he's pointing to them in this section of the study and he has shown to us that clearly he is the king but this uh, king is is a cross-shaped king you know like i've already shown to us clearly what it actually means so it's all about and serving other children is receiving like children and uh, the, 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 the part in is being served like a child by jesus himself and if you look with me on Mark chapter 10, 17 to thirty one, it shows to us clearly also that no one can save himself. What happened? Also another um um picture of a rich man who comes actually to ask Jesus. You see the contract. And if you look before that, there is a story of um, a child, was. Laying his hands on them, you see he kept talking about children, and of course, somebody is saying a child uh, is someone who doesn 't know what he 's doing, not really a child is someone who actually is willing to to, to to receive to believe what an elderly person say to him, but most especially, this passage is showing to us that a child does not have much to contribute in the family. I think that's the major point Jesus is making here. Because the next passage shows to us a rich young man who comes trying to show that there is something he has to offer. But a child is someone who has nothing to offer. A child is someone who has nothing to contribute. When it comes to family issues, when it comes to the big things of the family, a child has nothing to offer but just to follow. You know, the parent makes a decision and the child does what he follows. So, not in the contrast of people who say the child doesn't know anything, he's just foolish, and you know, but this is the point. So, he he, verses 17 down, chapter 10, let's read that quickly. And as he was sitting, Setting out on his journey, you see that journey again, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God. You know the commandment and in the head, uh, let me read verses 21. And Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack wanting, go sell all that you have. And give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by by this saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. Now look at the sense in which this man came to Jesus. He came do in in a way of you can say in a humble way, because he knelt down. But he called him good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And that was a point. That is the mindset he has. There is something to do to inherit, and just trying to show you there's nothing you can do to inherit because actually he kept the commandment. Remember, I told us that the commandment actually is not to make us perfect, but it's to show us that we are falling short of God's standard and that we need a savior. So Jesus said to him, even though he mentioned all these commandments, Jesus the Bible said Jesus loved him. and he, he kept all the do's and the dons of the law, but there is something that is lacking, which is the problem of his heart, the, the problem in his his heart was the problem of his treasure he loves the things of men he loves the things of this world and that's what jesus is trying to address it that thing that has occupied your heart is what you need to give up so that your heart will be open to receive the kingdom Sadly, this one who came with the question what must i do to inherit eternal life the bible says he let disheartening because he had great possession, so he preferred the position knew that there's something that i mean there's something he was lacking he was lacking eternal life but he left anyway he left anyway he left anyway because he had great possession that is a problem that is in his heart that jesus have come to fix and what does that say to us today is our heart needs to be fixed by god and until we open up our heart clearly then and understand we can't save ourselves and daily speaking to Jesus we may have a, the great problem you see why because today people talk about being great allowing our glory to, be, uh, to, to manifest seeing all kinds of things but Jesus is saying what matters is greatness in heaven is greatness in the kingdom of God and sinners like us can only be there if God gets us there When we come with a mindset we have nothing to offer, we are weak, we are powerless and our religious activities and observance cannot actually save us. And we need a savior. That is when Jesus can actually come in and to give us this great eternal life. So as I summarize quickly, you know, um, these three pictures of how to be great in 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 a, in a cross-shaped kingdom is quickly one is serving Jesus's children, serving Jesus's children. Children are weak, helpless, needy, have nothing to offer. His followers must learn to serve others rather than that compete. Many times we compete in the church. We try to show how much we're good, even when it comes to teaching and being—I uh, I, mean—spiritual. I, I wonder where we got that from. People try to show they're more spiritual, they they are they more knowledgeable, they—they're more. Instead of competing, trying to understand who can preach better, who—who who is this and that. No, what Jesus is saying is his followers must learn to serve. Service must be at the center of what we have come. His followers must. Beware of strumbling other children. Sin. You know, many times we, we cause people to sin by our attitude, by the way we react to things. And Jesus said, be careful. Be careful when he talks about the little one. It could be anyone in the church. And we need to be careful. Number two, receiving like a child. You see that clearly from chapter 10, 1 to 16. And the Pharisees contrast the children by testing Jesus and not receiving the kingdom. That Pharisees, the young... A man who came is a Pharisee, you know, and that the contrast has shown clearly that a child can get into the kingdom because anyone who comes with that mindset of a child, I have nothing to offer, you know, children just came all they wanted. Not that they didn't ask why, they just came, you know, anyway. And that's how he wants us to come to receive the kingdom as a child. So the Pharisee tried to lower down the bar in order to help themselves get in. But Jesus is saying, "Yes, keep the law, but you can't get in." So even the Pharisee, that person who keeps the law, that Jesus loves him for keeping the law, cannot get in. So the part in being served like a child by Jesus, from verses seventeen to twenty-one, shows to us that no one is good, even the rich young man, because that is a picture of the best of man that you can see. Look at him; it. he's a young, rich, young ruler. He came with a heart of humility to man this looks like a very good person but he had no chance so it's not about being good it's not about having good attitude it's not about having good character it's not about character people it's about receiving what jesus christ have done so entering the kingdom is impossible with man but not with god and that was exactly what jesus um emphasize will show to us that all things So I had many people preaching uh, this passage you know and we we've made um, um teams and um the declaration about all things are possible with God that is not what it means it's about coming to the kingdom look at uh, let me read quickly um from verses twenty four and hear what and this disciples did and what jesus said. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them, again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. That is what that means. It's not about your possibility of this thing. Yeah, Jesus can do all things. But that phrase... Of all things are possible with God. It's about entering the kingdom. It's about man can't do anything to get in. Because with man, it's not possible. But with God, it is possible. That is what it means, you know. And God will continue to help us understand the important things of what it means, greatness, and what really matters in life. Yes, still require on losing his life. Now. So, it's about losing our lives now and getting it. Letter verse 28, Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and follow you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left. And Jesus mentioned all. So, Jesus, Peter is trying to show we have left everything. So, he's saying, What matters is those who follow Jesus. And Jesus and summarize or elaborate and sorry what it really means when you follow jesus the sacrifice you made now you're going to lose so many things but if you do that for the sake of the kingdom for the sake of the gospel you will receive in hundred in this time and in the world to come the lord will help us as we continue to look up to god in Jesus is a cross-shaped king and a cross-shaped kingdom a beautiful kingdom to come and the Lord will help us in Jesus name may we pray heavenly father we give you thanks to give you glory for all you've done for us and as you continue to open up our eyes as we move into Palm Sunday tomorrow Lord help us that we'll see better and what your word truly means to us as we apply them into our daily life and as we also speak to others about your goodness the praise and glory of your name through jesus christ our lord amen thank you so much god bless you god continue to help us as we enter into passion week but we enter with the mindset of going on the journey with jesus and he will lead us through successfully in jesus name amen see you tomorrow god bless you